I love JCVD, man. Like, uh, fucking Bloodsport is one of my favorite movies. Kumite. Which also, done by Stan Bush. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Kumite. Kumite. Stan Bush is the man. All right, let's watch this minute. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. If you didn't know by now, you'll never know. If you don't know me by now. I like how you change that up, that little vibrato. <laughs> uh, fuck the intro. It's episode 44, <laughs> and that means I'm, we're covering... I'm Caleb. <laughs> oh, we're off the rails already. Stop. It's chaos. <laughs> So we're covering 43 to the 44-minute mark, essentially. And uh, with me are two guys who I've known since the early dawn of my consciousness. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I already said my name. Don't say it again. Don't say anything don't, else this episode. Don't hear it. <laughs> Nothing. How long have we known each other? Since um, second grade for you and me, and it's yeah, kindergarten second grade for, you for Aaron and Ryan. Um, I've known Ryan since first grade and Aaron since second grade. So what? Great. We're se- se- what are you? What age are you? In first grade, you're like what six, seven? You're looking at like 1985. The year this movie was made. So 20. We've known each other for around 21 to 22 years. I'm glad somebody else did the math. No wait, 31 to 32 years. There we go. My bad. I was so ready to just you're, rubber stamp it. You're just like, I'm yep, so yep. bad at math. Here we go. <laughs> So, really, this movie is a milestone for us and our relationship, even though we weren't connected to it at that time at all. No, but we we were friends at this point. We were friends. And I, we've been friends now for just about as, for a long, little bit longer than this movie's been out. I remember as a kid in the playground at the elementary school that we went to, it, I would uh, play Transformers. I don't remember if you guys were a part of this little crew. I that played I Transformers with you. Okay, gotcha. Well, and, and sometimes we'd bring Transformers to the playground and play with them, which is pretty stupid and nerdy. But ah, no. we would, I would play and pretend I was... I remember you pretending to be the aerial bots. And so we would transform <laughs> into planes and stick our arms out and fly around and then mm-hmm. transform into robots and walk around. Sure. And then every now and again when we had to, I'd be like, form superior. <laughs> and so I would... You'd lay on get, top of each other. Like I, would get, <laughs> I would get people to grab my legs and my arms, <laughs> and we would walk around the playground like fools. I remember making a Transformers quiz that oh, I, yeah. we gave to some girls for no good reason. <laughs> like, like here, you take this. You don't aren't interested and know nothing about this subject matter. And then when they, well, it's because they wanted to hang out with us. I think I remember oh my God. the presumption was that they wanted to hang out with us. We wouldn't let them unless they passed this Transformers quiz that we that you wrote and put together. That is, m- and insane. so I remember great. They one of them actually was had the low enough self esteem to take the quiz. <laughs> and I remember be, sitting with you on the bus and looking at her answers and just mocking her relentlessly because she didn't know any of the answers. What yeah. a bunch of monsters <laughs> we were. Good God. That's Little terrible. Shits. God. I, uh, I don't think I was involved in any of that. <laughs> you 
didn't you seem to join than us in our shenanigans age. on the playground at all. Because <laughs> you were athletic and played basketball and had liked fr- socializing. I, I, I wasn't that athletic, but I think I did like play on the playground equipment. <laughs> right. Boring. Like the swing. Why not have children around. hanging off your arms and legs? Yeah. I do that now. <laughs> I do that. I, boy, my, uh, my, my, Hopefully they're yours. My four year my four-year-old goes, Form Voltron! And what happens Does he is, really? yeah, he gets up on the bed and he latches on, he puts his arms around my chest, and then the nine-year-old will get on my back and will walk around <laughs> like that. And he forwards your, you've got a child sort of parachute kit on you, is what it sounds like? Kind of, yeah, but it's, we form Voltron and that we walk around and I'm stuff. I'm impressed Kenny likes Voltron. He likes to grab. He likes to hang on to me and walk and have me walk around. <laughs> and if Voltron lets him do that, the then new, whatever. I, we've been watching the Voltron series on uh, on Netflix, the newer one. Mm-hmm. It's pretty badass. Yeah, hmm. so it looks it, cool. It looks yeah, great. they love it. Uh, yes, there you go. So fuck you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. All right, interesting. <laughs> Starting off aggressive. Okay, <laughs> last episode recap: missiles were launched, polarity is reversed, and Cyclonus cuts through Hot Rod and Cup's ship like hot Vegemite. That's a reference. <laughs> is, that our, ugly, is that for our buddy Ugly Mike? <laughs> That's our listener Ugly Mike, no doubt. Uh, right. we'll, we'll just That's love. not a Mike. <laughs> oh, God, I'm bringing it back. As red-headed stepchildren of the British Empire, Americans and Australians are kind of kindred spirits, but I wonder if they ever get sick of American references to Australian pop culture, or like Vegemite. Like, um, like ding, that's, dingo, all, that's all you know us for? Maybe the dingo ate your baby. There's Vegemite, there's... there's uh, fucking Crocodile Dundee, Dundee and mm-hmm. Boomerangs. I will, That's pretty so much... I, I will say this. My my favorite, favorite movie ever, my favorite action movie ever, mm-hmm. I've watched it over and over again. Was it Quigley Down Under? N- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that movie. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Road Warrior. Oh, yeah. All the Mad Max shit. Uh, I, the Road Warrior that is a great itself, movie. in and of itself, is a classic Awesome, awesome movie. And so uh, the Australians are good in my book because they made that movie. Well, is uh, George Miller a an Australian? I is don't. It, is he the director? Is that his name? Uh, oh, George God. Uh, it's, it's, uh, is it George Miller or Frank Miller? Frank uh, Miller. Yeah, Frank, no, wait, no. Frank Miller is the comic Miller? book guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Frank well, Miller's shit. comic book. I'll show you how much I like this movie now. <laughs> All right, while you look that up, Australia's top pop culture imports. Okay. Let's talk food. Fos- giant Foster's cans. Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> That's authentic, right? Those just grow in the wild, I think, in Australia. They come battered. Fried. Yes. Battered and they're, fried. They're fried in by the, 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 the blazing Australian sun. <laughs> it's summer in Australia right now. It those, is. Those lower hemisphere motherfuckers. I can't imagine what it's like to watch movies. as a, Like being in Australia, watching movies where all these Christmas movies are during winter and like your Christmas is shorts. Hmm. It, by the way, it is George Miller. Ah, yeah, all right. And uh, it, it, in Australia, it's known as Mad Max 2. Sure. Just in They case. should have just done that. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need to know well, that Mad it was Max, connected to Mad Max. The original Max, Mad Max, though, I don't think had much of a release in the States. And so they kind of had to give it its own. It was own rebranded thing. as its own sort of thing. Yeah. A reboot, if you will. That's right. And so I, one more interesting fact. Uh-huh. Uh, the and I didn't know this until years later. I really love the sound. The, I like the scoring in that movie. It was done by the guitarist from Queen. Oh wow! So there you go. Is that Brian May? 
Yes, it is. Is okay. it? You're all. You're on your game, man. Did you know that Australians call ketchup tomato sauce? <laughs> Did you know that ketchup originally was made from mushrooms? What? Mm-hmm. Gross. In fact, ketchup doesn't necessarily mean tomato ketchup. It's just a, it's a catch-all for like any kind of sauce made like from something. Like the ketchup is a catch-all. That's right. Thank <laughs> you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Did you know Burger King is called Hungry Jacks in uh, in Australia? Really? Mm-hmm. And breakfast is called brekkie. Brekkie. <laughs> on, I got, I How got... long did you spend on this? No, tell me more. More, more no, than I should have. I find this intriguing. Let's talk music for a second. Okay. Who are the musical uh, icons from Australia that you can uh, think of that have that, that have popped stateside? ACDC. The Beatles. Yeah. Wait. No. <laughs> ACDC. Uh, Kylie Min- is Kylie Minogue. Kylie I think Minogue. she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Uh, what's the? Is it? What are they called? The, Men at work. Men at work. Of course. Who's the the bald dude? Uh, midnight is it? Midnight oil or what is it called? Uh, God damn it! <laughs> Back to the phone. Just keep the phone in your hand. <laughs> um, Here's one that I'll mention that's kind of humorous. You guys remember the band Jet? No. That was, they had a, yeah. a couple of hits that were, they were part of that sort of garage rock revival that came out shortly after like the White Stripes. So they have. I'm gonna look this up and show it to you just because it's so funny. They have a review. So their famous song is that it was used in a million television commercials. It was called like. Uh, it is, by the way, it is Midnight Oil. I was right. And let's not forget about. In excess, dude. Oh, okay, wow. I don't know why that was so hard to decipher. That was like, I love that band. Yeah, obviously not that much. You didn't try not to hate. Well, I, mean, I think it was your tone deaf approach to it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, yeah, I thought, for, I, I think I thought this was the White Stripes. So this was used in a million television commercials. So, okay, these guys came up with a follow up album, and Pitchfork is a very. I don't want to say pretentious, but it is sort of a pretentious music review site. It's yes. very verbose. They do, they'll, I mean, giant essays reviewing albums. And um, here was this was their review for Jets. And we're going to read it in full. Zero point zero was the score they that gave it on a scale ridiculous. of one to ten. If you put out an album, and, you and at least deserve. And this is the review. Oh my god! Just a monkey being its own. I'll put this on the website. You guys are assholes. <laughs> this, this is, is Pitchfork. So Pitchfork, instead of writing a thousand words on why this album is terrible, just posted a video of a monkey peeing in its own mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's technically a chimp, by the way, whoever it's not posted a monkey, that video. Yeah. Um, okay, that was worth it. That was I okay. feel like if you put out an album at all, you deserve at least, like, I don't know, one point out of ten. <laughs> right. like, it, it takes ex- work. It exists. You had to yeah. write songs. You had to craft Somebody them. was real upset and, like, wanted to die on this hill. Uh, what else did I have? Anything else on Australia? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sport. In Australia. <laughs> it still keeps going. You're the Yakov Smirnoff of Australia. In Australia. In Australia. <laughs> far, Kangaroo far. farms. I don't know. <laughs> I lost it. Pharmacies are called chemists. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, Australia are the best swearers in the world. Okay. Oh, well, such, all right. Give such, me seven. Right, give, 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 give me seven. Such ass. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. Oh, oh you're not gonna tell you don't have an example. Oh God. Well, now that's. Well, I think we've covered the c word in uh, exhaustive uh-huh. detail last time. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know if this went the way I wanted I to. <laughs> I didn't really know how I wanted it to go. I just listed some Australia facts. Man, how long were you on Australian Wikipedia? <laughs> uh, I actually found a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> All right. Like 23 things, 23 questions for Australians or something and like that. Why do you call breakfast brekkie? There's nothing better Why are than you a different? BuzzFeed article for information. <laughs> All right, kicking off this minute, we have um, Hot Rod and Cup. Their ship is heading towards... I wrote myself into a corner here. Hot Rod and Cup are heading towards a strangely shaped tumor of a planet (laughs) that we uh, later come to know as Quintessa. It is a wacky looking planet. Yep. It's It's like Saturn on acid. It's cool, though. Yeah. It's cool. I think it looks cool. I think this crash sequence is very cool. This from the inside, how the the glass cracks. <laughs> it is cool, and but like it's right up top at forty three oh seven. And I just think it's funny that cop cop. Oh boy. Cup and Hot Rod leap out of the chairs and run to the back like I'm again, why isn't anyone ever strapped in? I mean, presumably that would have killed them, but it's just so weird to like you're just loose in the cabin. Why around. wouldn't they have been flung about anyway based on the yeah. crazy yeah. motion of the ship approaching that planet. But, yeah, it, it, they dodge out of the way so they don't die. And uh, But I, I think, I mean, that just looks so cool. cool. It does look pretty cool sweet. <laughs> not only does the glass crack, but the whole sort of front of the ship sort of starts mm-hmm. to, to contort and crumble from inside. Mm-hmm. So the next shot starting around 4308 looks cool, but then it turns into a not cool shot in that it's kind of looks like a natural sort of crash motion. It's coming in at an angle and then it sort of does this cartoonish bouncing sort of thing that I don't <laughs> yeah. think is really weird. authentic yeah, to what would happen to a crash. It just maybe. kind of cartoonishly skips across the planet. Yeah. But um, then we're transferred to the inside of Ultra Magnus's ship. I forgot about this ship the whole time. <laughs> uh, the, the, the reason There's I'm, another ship. Well, I'm, I'm pissed because there's two Autobot ships against one Decepticon ship. And it just seems like... They can't coordinate. It seems like Ultra Magnus' ship did nothing to try to... It's true. It doesn't to, seem like the Autobot ships have any weapons. It, apparently. Yeah, what's up with that? They, yeah. they just reverse polarity on stuff. Yeah, they don't... To have any offensive, they've they don't got, do anything. They, they've got guns on them. I've seen them pa- illustrated on the ships. Have you really? Okay. Yeah. I but, can't remember. We went into depth on this ship type way early on mm-hmm, in the series, just, and I can't remember. I just I need just, to revisit it. I, I I forgot about this ship because they didn't have any kind of role in in helping out when the first right. ship was attacked. You'd think with two ships they could have done some flanking, some, something, something, right? Okay. Well, so let's be we mad are. about it. We're inside <laughs> Ultra Magnus's ship, mm-hmm. and Springer exclaims that Cup and Hot Rod just bought it. And I think my, then my favorite line of the movie, yes. <laughs> Ultra Magnus, says, "I can't deal with that now." Okay. Well, that probably Which, explains everything. That <laughs> he can't deal with. He can't he, help him out because he's too stressed. He just didn't. Yeah, he's just a terrible leader, well, I mean, and he didn't even just. He froze up and didn't do anything at all. To we help did him also out. question about, but looking at the shot at forty three sixteen, there's obviously guns yep, on the ship. Underside. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. there are. Right. Use them. So, but Ultra Magnus, terrible under stress, and the thing like with Springer. Like, Hot Rod and Cup just bought it. I can't deal with that now. It's just information. <laughs> Nobody was expecting you to do anything with yeah. it. it, like, is, it is, a, we understand a, you've got to deal with the here and now at this too, moment. It's a little too late to deal with it anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I did start thinking last night, man, 
Do we, is it just like every Autobot leader except Optimus is garbage? <laughs> like, <laughs> but then I was like, well, he did only have this role. He's only been leader for like three hours. <laughs> right. So maybe we can cut him some slack. Like, ultra, I think Optimus Prime. But he's been groomed for leadership for probably four million years. Surely he's been like squad leader or something <laughs> like. He's city commander. Yeah, he's a city commander. But I guess Optimus is probably is the leader who's been the leader was the leader the longest. It was um, like not counting the four million years they were uh, in like stasis underneath the volcano. He was uh, leader for five million years prior to that. So you would think that Ultra Magnus would have been the leader while that like Optimus and those guys presumably mm -hmm. dead. By way, yeah. like was Ultra Magnus not the leader on Cybertron at this point in time, and then they brought him down and demoted him to city commander? Yeah, and it's just like I don't, I can't any kind of pushback. He's like, nope, can't deal with no, that. no, no. But RC's outside the shuttle. We're off. Yeah. <laughs> I choose not to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so we're now underneath the ship, which, by the way, has the wrong color trim. Or, uh, or maybe it's, it's the right color. I can't remember. It's the, just gray. It, I but it's supposed to. But Hot Rod and Cup's trim was just gray as they were crashing on the planet. Yeah, I can't remember, it's supposed I can't to remember be how red. it started. I think Ultra Magnus' ship is supposed to have red trim. Okay. Um, so from underneath, we see them fly and do a little turn as the as the Revenge, Revenge. fires uh, some pretty cool missiles uh, after them and does a... Man, these guys, as giant as these ships are, they turn on a dime. Really <laughs> At this point, Springer says, let's get real. These guys aren't going to go away until they smoke our asses. That's, that's, not, that's a line for line. <laughs> it's not verbatim. Uh, a line for line quote. And Magnus is like, shoot, that gives me an idea. Oh, stop. <laughs> let's stop, stop split stop this it. motherfucking ship in half. Stop, stop it. <laughs> but then Perceptor, who is a pussy, says, oh, that's what too got dangerous. into you in this minute? Something happened. All right, let's just... Perceptor's like, that's too dangerous. And Magnus is like, nah, I got this. Mm -hmm. well, why would it be so dangerous to separate the ship? I know, that's what like the ship was, was designed to do. <laughs> well, and when I watched this, I wondered, because, uh, you know, in the Star Trek The Next Generation, the saucer yeah. section has the ability to separate. And mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, I wonder if that... In Had some it, small way, was, was an inspiration. Um, it wasn't because I actually looked up it, looked it up, and um, the concept of the saucer separate or the concept of a ship separating was designed by uh, Ralph McQuarrie for an abandoned movie called Star Trek: Planet of the Titans, which is the first was going to be the first Star Trek movie. Wow. Yeah, and um, the story is crazy. It's basically like the Enterprise uh, is uh, in a com You know what? Actually, I have a summary. I just want to read it real quick because <laughs> it was fascinating. I fell down this rabbit hole last night and I will put... Here's uh, uh, the design of what the... Of what the new Enterprise was going to look like, not good. Which it looks like garbage. It looks like a. It's basically a saucer glued to a triangle. Yeah. I'll put a picture of that up. Yeah. Um, the movie was. Uh, what year? What year are we talking? 1976. 1976-77 was when it was being developed. And um, it was after the series, obviously, and the Enterprise was going to go to this planet that, and then the planet got pulled into a black, like, there were, basically there were, there were these titans that were um, an advanced uh, civilization, and they go to the planet, it gets pulled into the black hole, the Enterprise gets pulled into the black hole, long story short, humans were the ti original titans, it goes back to Earth, and Whoa. Kirk and all them were the ones who seeded the planet, it's fucking strange. Well, that, that's not a Prometheus. Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, so it, it's very, it, yeah, very chariot of the gods, 
Interesting. What so, is? Oh, go so ahead. there was saucer separation in that. Yes, there was. Um, there uh, was a saucer separation that was that had they the have ability. Done to, you know, that before in Star Trek? Or no, no, not no. until the next generation. Right. That was. A, and and they, they, only, they only did it like once or twice because it just was lame. It looked ridiculous. The saucer didn't look lame. so bad, but the 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 battle bridge section yeah. looked ridiculous just, without the saucer yeah, attached just, to it. It was just kind of lame. Um, yeah, the Enterprise D. I think it did an encounter at Farpoint. I don't think it ever did it again in the show. And then they did it in one of the movies. Yeah. Whenever you see the kind of the control room where the captain sits and all mm-hmm. his main the all his main people, the bridge. So where is that physically on the starship? I can tell you that because I have a poster of the of a oh, cutaway of the. Kind it's of not a, on the saucer. It is on the saucer. Okay. It's like on the top of the saucer. <clears throat> okay. Like at the very top and kind of in the front. Okay. You know? Uh, you know. Seems like a good target if you're an enemy. Absolutely, because <laughs> um, if you notice, there's the, the canopy that's above them in the bridge is like you can there's, see. There's it no reason for the them to have exterior. it there because they're using a video monitor. Mm-hmm. They should have it actually probably in the the safest possible place possible, on the like ship. in the center of the yeah, saucer, like buried in the like middle. <laughs> and uh, so, but they don't. Uh, and then, so you've got that, and then you've got, like, the very front of the ship is 10 forward, mm-hmm. which is the bar. So they stick the bar at the very front of the ship, which mm-hmm. has windows, and that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, that's where, and that's where the, um, that's where the... And this was, I think, for the first time revealed in um, um, the wow, what's one with the uh, first contact, um, the where the windows aren't windows. I mean, they're not glass; they're force fields, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, what happens if power completely fails? So, I was I always thought that I always thought the windows were like you know like the transparent aluminum that they mentioned oh. in uh, Star Trek Four. Maybe Hall. they used to be. What about so? There's one bar on the entire ship. I mean, how many people are on this ship? About a thousand. I'm sure that there's, prob- there's probably bars. more than one bar, but this is like the the cool bar. The cool bar. <laughs> I never see that. You never see mention of another place. What's more problematic is the holodecks. There are like 15 holodecks. For a thousand people, and they're always available to the command crew. So I'm like, who's not getting the holodeck time? Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not everybody needs that. That's like playing video games. Is kind of like only nerds. Is there anything games. you'd use it for other than fucking? <laughs> Just to fuck weird ladies. Weird lady. Yes, wait. Maybe I've revealed too much. <laughs> okay. Right. Yep. So at this point in, <laughs> in the show, um, Ultra Magnus, I, I can't tell exactly what he does. I think he hits a single button, but he does a little mm-hmm. t- I- tickle in the ivory. Looks like thing. he's nervous about touching it. Yeah, maybe does. so. Like maybe that, maybe that's what their intention Again, is. Again, he, he's hesitating. So he's like, uh, <laughs> I feel. I, feel, I always felt like he was oh, touching other buttons. Now they're red. Never oh yeah, and now the ship uh, at forty-three thirty-three, we're uh, separating. It's uh, yeah, we're back to red. Um, so he, but I like to think it's just one button because it just feels like it's always one button. <laughs> There's one specific button that performs one specific function, and there was only one buttony sound effect. Also, that's it's the true. Other thing that made me think that. But anyway. Um, the Dan- ship separates. We Dan- zoom in on Daniel the Daniel RC, you're back in the section that got separated. From <laughs> <laughs> <Oops>. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, because in the Revenge, Galvatron, which I love the sequence, it's it's zoomed in on Galvatron and then zooms out, and as it does so, he has this twinkle of evil. Yeah, that little, yeah. Tw- little yeah. fucking twinkle in his yeah. eye. And uh, he pulls a lever to our uh, right. British friends, and from that action comes multitudes of missiles. Perhaps mm-hmm. are they? Uh, 
Are they molecular missiles or some other special kind I, of missile? I think they're the it's same. Like I think it's all molecular missiles. Okay, gotcha. They fly out. Uh, they they do something that we didn't see the other missiles do, mm-hmm. which is kind of break away. Which, yeah, the the housing breaks off, and they like presumably it's a faster accel- like it's two stage rockets. But it was, mm-hmm. I like that part. That's really yeah, cool where the housing awesome. breaks away. It looks yeah. awesome, and they do seem to speed up once that happens. And they hone in on the back half of the ship, and they land. And it doesn't make much sense why it would do this other than just for dramatic effect. But it takes a second or two. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little, like, shimmering kind of thing. And then the ship explodes. And it's kind of a two-stage explosion. There's the initial explosion. And then this giant nuclear yeah. explosion yeah. of sorts. And That's... then you see pieces and parts of the ship yeah. kind of there as the revenge starts to fly through debris. And that is where the minute that ends. Whole, that, that exp- oh, go ahead. I was going to say that whole scene's Ripper. Ripper? That's Australian for really great. <laughs> How long have you been looking that up? <laughs> this episode is our tribute to Australia. Brought to you by Australia. Thank you for uh, existing, Queen's Australia. Um, I will say this explosion of the of Ultra Magnus's uh, three quarters of the ship, uh, it starts off really cool and then just looks terrible at the end. I don't like it either. Very like, good. Yeah. I, that eye, it's like an iris of an eye or like an eye in the glowing in space and I just think it looked bad. It was bad. cool in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't need that big of an explosion also. I mean, it just functionally it was stupid big. Just like fucking throw some smoke on it or whatever. But I then it know. just didn't look good. No, it didn't. It was no. the worst explosion of the no, movie. No, it doesn't it doesn't seem fair dinkum at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing now. <laughs> What does that mean, Caleb? Uh, What's that Australian for? It means that it's... uh, Fair Dinka means true or genuine. And that was not true or genuine. (laughs) All right. Great. Great. Love it. Uh, Let's see. So that's the end of this minute. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any voice... I I do have a quick note about voice actors. We've We've already covered Paul Eating, who's the voice of Perceptor. And I learned something just through the course of the week that made sense at this point since he spoke mm-hmm. and that is that Perceptor's voice was inspired by C3PO and the absent-minded professor so his persona sense. was mashed together with a british accent that was his, that was the idea well C3PO has a british accent i guess yeah you didn't really need to say that so <laughs> all right Fuck you, Paul Eating, you piece of shit. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love you. Come on the show. (laughs) Come on the show. (laughs) See you later. That's our call sign. (laughs) So I think that brings us to... Rip deviations. I'm hoping Ryan has a lot for mine, uh, which as the listener may or may not know, if you've just joined us, my deviations tend to be a little bit more tame because I have a later draft of the script that I'm looking at, uh, but there's still lots of fun stuff. And Ryan's version of the script is, if not the first, maybe the second draft, and it is... Seems like a small revision, yeah. It is psychedelic. Uh, But so in mine, the only real deviation is that as Ultra Magnus and Springer pilot the ship, Blur... RC and Daniel are noted to be patching holes in the hull. Mm-hmm. So they're like repairing the ship while this child, while this fight is going down. Child this labor. Space battle. Yeah, put him to work. <laughs> <laughs> Make him do something. That's all I've got. Um, mine's pretty short as well. Um, basically, uh, we uh, pull back and we're in Ultra Magnus in the cockpit. Um, in the background, Blur and RC work to patch over holes in the hull, in the hull with Daniel helping them. Perceptor is slowly, methodically plotting coordinates on a light-up table, seemingly oblivious to shakes and rockings of hits being scored on their ship. 
Springer says, Cup and Hot Rod have bought it. Maybe the Dinobots were tough enough to survive, but I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> Jesus. Ultra <laughs> Magnus very says, compassionate. He doesn't even say I can't deal with it. He just straight up ignores it and says, <laughs> our, force, our force field shields are weakening. Damage control report. And on Daniel with RC and Blur, Daniel hammering small metal patch plates over smoking pin in the hull. Oh, he's repairing the ship. Mm -hmm. That's great. There's a million holes in the fuselage. <laughs> oh, golly. I hate your Daniel voice more I like than the real Daniel voice. <laughs> I like it. RC says, uh, RC, uh, stage direction, more adult report. 62% deficit in structure. And then uh, RC further says, power supply depleted, survival factor, minus three. What? God. Survival factor? Survival factor. <laughs> Minus three? Minus, that can't be good. Is that anything like our terror watch alert scale? How do you get below zero? I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're you're seems, dead already. It seems like the bottom. Uh, <laughs> One thing I like about this is that at, this is the first mention of a force field. Like, at least, like, that helps give some credence the to shields, the whole, yeah. like, the it whole, like, like some lasers are stronger than others or whatever. No, maybe there's a force field It seems like that force shield. field's right. doing a really good job, too. Up, up to a now. A million holes. Well, a million holes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're back on Springer and Ultra Magnus. Springer, we've got no choice. We've got to die. <laughs> <laughs> what? Which is the version of... They're going to dog us until they see us dead. Right. But it doesn't even... Ultra Magnus doesn't even tell you, like, oh, we're not really going to die. They just straight up in this script act like they're dead. Like, And then it just cuts back to Galvatron. Maintain molecular barrage. And as he works the controls and eject more canister bombs, they haven't sufficient reserves to ward off destruction of that magnitude. And then an electrical outline envelops the ship, and there's a blinding flash, after which a large particles of space junk and remnants of the hull and superstructure come exploding toward the camera and past the camera, accompanied by an explosive sound, and then silence. Oh, I get it now. Where the shuttle has been, there is now nothing. Just loose asteroids and clouds of space dust. So, yeah. So when he says we've got to die, he means that he wants the, the, the Decepticons to think they've died. I kind of like that angle uh, on it. Like, essentially, let the viewer think they've dead and then reveal that they separated well, the ship. I think that's what you... Well, I guess well, you Well, no, here you got the reveal. We're going to so, separate the ship. So yeah. you knew they were going to... You knew this explosion didn't have any real dramatic true. weight to it because you knew true. That's true. Fine. Yeah, I actually I do kind of like that better where you don't have the yeah. reveal until later. I got you. Although that We're line, better than you, creators of this movie. <laughs> you that that poor, line, we've got to die, is ridiculous. Poor Daniel being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see my dad. Yeah, he, they should have left him on the planet. I'm just saying. <laughs> my well, father's probably long dead. Yeah. <laughs> he was consumed. <laughs> and pooped In out. Jester. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm the ghost of the guy. Okay. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> All right. So, okay. We can. We can. I am the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's funny for such like a this is a battle sequence. It doesn't feel that iconic to mm -hmm. me. But I think visually the crash on Quintessa, that especially that first part, the, where the where the glass kind of cracks and and the ship sort of starts to contort from the inside. And I feel like that's iconic to me because they used that animation. I, I remember them using that in different little promos for the show and maybe commercials at some point or something. Like I feel like that 
that sequence was recycled for a lot of different uses. But story-wise, I mean, I think the separation of the ship is kind of iconic and knowing that they can do that and escape, but I don't know. Once again, you've just listed the entire minute. (laughs) Once again, I've got nothing to go with. All right, Caleb's done. Uh, Mine, I think, uh, I will go with the separation of the ship because it's the one, like, uh, finally Ultra Magnus has a good idea. (laughs) Good for him. Yeah. I can't deal with that now. <laughs> Let's fucking separate this motherfucker shit. Yeah. Next time on the Autopod Decepticast. All right, on the next episode, nothing's going to stand in our way as we discuss underwater antics with Hot Rod and Cup. Mm-hmm. Cool. Which is one of my favorite I do like visual moments yeah. of the movie. Um, but that's it. Social media, guys. You know where we are. We're on we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APodDcast. That's where you might want to reach us or talk to us if you want to actually listen to the show. <laughs> kind of mixing things up a little bit here. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. And not to mention, like, thousands of rando, uh, like, just, it feels like, to I don't know. aggregators? I don't know what it is. Yeah, there's, like, all these random little <laughs> websites that websites. pick up, they'll pick, they pick up podcast yeah somehow. I don't understand that game. I, think I don't a, either. I, I think it's an aggregator. I don't know how they make money, though. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. Either. Somebody explain how random podcast aggregators pick up a podcast and make money. Sure. Maybe we should do that. We're not making any money off this. <laughs> we'll just find another thing to waste we'll our just, time yeah, and not make yeah. money. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, please visit our web presence at autopoddecepticast.com. It sounds like we're going to throw some Australian references. Perhaps. I mean, uh, maybe. I'm just going to put up the whole movie of Quickly Down Under. <laughs> we didn't get into that. I do like that movie. I do well. too. <laughs> it's not an Australian movie. I think it's an American movie, but it has Tom it is, Selleck, yeah. Yeah, who's not Australian. Set in Australia. In it fact, has Alan Rickman. I don't believe he's, he's Australian. He's not Australian. <laughs> there may be Australians in the movie, aside from the Aboriginal people. But And it was probably filmed in, like, Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> No, not to look where that was filmed. Yeah, I have that on VHS. If you Australians, if you haven't seen Quickly Down Under, I'm sure it's a totally historically accurate representation oh, sure. of your past. I would say, uh, obviously, uh, to check out The Road Warrior. <laughs> it is an, it's an amazing movie. I'd say check out anything with Hugh Jackman. Sure, yeah, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> not what was... Uh, um, Logan was great. Logan was great. I, was, I saw that on a plane. It was awesome. Van Helsing is what I was thinking of. It's I terrible. would check him out. On, he's a great Broadway performer. I'd say try to check out a show. Nah. <laughs> Just watch Logan. Everybody, watch Logan. It's great. <laughs> and also that one movie with uh, where he's the magician. And oh, the, the, prestige. the Prestige. I love that movie. Uh, it is good. David Bowie is Tesla. That's right. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks nothing like him. I haven't seen that movie in a while. I wonder if it holds up. Oh. Great talking to you guys. Great talking to you listeners. Yeah. Viva la Australia. Yeah. That's right. Toodaloo. What is the what is the Australian national anthem? We We're going to close with play, the Australian play national anthem. that outro. That would be awesome to close with the Australian national anthem. Oh, God. Advance Australia fair. Advance Australia young and free. Oh, wait, let's start that over. Hang on. We're singing it. <laughs> it's only two minutes. Okay. <laughs> Australians, Australians all let us rejoice, for we are young and free. We've golden showers and wealth for toil. Our home is girt by sea. Okay. 
Our land abounds in nature's gifts of beauty, rich and rare. Like spiders. In history's page, let every Yeah, but you knew how that was going to go. Joyful strains, then let us sing. Australia Fair. Oh, boy. Oh. Woo. It, maybe wow. it's like the American national anthem where everybody just, just really knows the first know it. Yeah. Um, beneath our radiant Southern Cross. Yeah, Southern it's Cross Australia, is a, it's it's a star a constellation. Astronomical. Uh, Southern have, Cross, yeah. don't you play your No, hands. no, no, that's, okay. uh, that's the wrong song. It's basically the version of the Big Dipper down south. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. You just did Southern Man. <laughs> I know, I know. Southern, Southern Cross. Okay. Are we done? Great, everybody. <laughs> bye. Nice bye. To bye, bye, bye. See y'all later. That is an outtake, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a really terrible outtake. Put some music behind it. We're going to sound like... I'll let Ryan I don't wonder if it'll be offensive. Nah. People I that... Don't know. No. I don't think so. People we'll that... Let, we'll let, we'll people let, take we'll... anthems, national anthems, seriously oh, for some reason. Remember when Roseanne these, spit on the ground and these, grabbed her that, crutch? Well, we well Americans... We should have that. But, um, like, I actually didn't mention this, but there was um, uh, some Australians that I were... I met... One time, I don't even know the context, but they, they were hanging out with us, and I, we, they found it really weird that we put our flag on everything. Was it those Australians that Mary Ann knew? Must have been. That seems to be. That seems to be right. She lived in Australia for like six months or something like that. Um, he was a butcher. I remember that. Is that right? Yeah. I don't remember anything about them except I think I feel like he got drunk and surly. Mm. <laughs> boys are away making themselves a little drink maybe we do some transformers after dark some apdcad if you know what i'm saying ladies and gentlemen take off those panties take off those underoos get it let's get sexy let's get naked let's tweak your nipples make them hard oh blow on them yeah that's what i like to hear that's what i like to see i want to be i want you to get you down to the bare nakedness and we can all talk together let's talk you off all afternoon long it's gonna be a nooner mm, that's right ladies and gentlemen we're gonna get sexy we're gonna get a little will, will there be fingering oh you know there will be i'm gonna be finger popping finger banging all over your pussy and asshole that's right if you like that if you're into that hey if you're not you know you can't you can't finger bang a dick so because that'd be unpleasant if you stop put it, it. <laughs> i was caught <laughs>